Hi guys, welcome back. We are on episode number 28 and how are you? I'm good, babe. How are you doing? I'm good, girl. I'm going to dive right in here. We're talking about coping strategies. Mm. Coping, coping, coping. I don't know about you, girl, but honestly, like when I was younger, I don't think I had any coping strategies. I think I was just like... Something really hard comes into my life and video games, I think, like Super Mario and Donkey Kong was kind of like my jam when I was a kid. And then I think when I got older, it was kind of like drugs and alcohol, like anything to like numb the brain. So as we're working through some coping, I feel like my coping has really only evolved in the past, like... 18 months of my life. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> so, I would love for us to dive into coping, but I do think, yeah, I think coping strategies are very interesting and I'm sure you observe it even deeper based on your background and what you learned in university, correct? For sure. Yes. Um, with a major in social development studies and a minor in psychology, it might be something I can dip into. Uh, but as we go back to kind of that childhood piece, I didn't realize it at the time, but probably as a young child, we were very involved in community and sports. And so that was probably an outlet. I don't know if at the time I recognized it as a coping strategy, but very much uh, just a really good support. So community, that social piece, as well as movement of the body, which is something now you are so very much part of it enriches everything that you do community and movement is (laughs) your piece Mm -hmm. Um, so those pieces were really important as I was growing up and I think of anxiety and OCD and the things that I struggled with and I'm not sure that I would have done a very good job as a human if I didn't have those pieces Um, I would say though I struggled in silence a fair bit with as a kid and teenager just with like that mental piece of mm-hmm. I didn't know that I had anxiety or OCD but I knew that I felt certain things I had a lot of fears and I didn't know how to articulate it so I didn't have many great coping strategies either I would say in high school though I certainly leaned on that social piece that like drinking with friends being out partying I hated being home being home made me anxious so I just didn't want to be home and that just meant I was everywhere else if possible Mm -hmm. I would say I definitely can relate to that piece in terms of being at home versus not being at home I do think with the coping strategies too I think we both evolved to be very loud personalities because a coping strategy for not being seen or heard at home for me became being rebellious, being seen in a way that even wasn't, sometimes wasn't favorable, but it was just, it was just to be seen. And I think a coping strategy for me to, because I wasn't seen and heard a lot at home was that was okay. All right. Yeah. You're doing some things that are slightly embarrassing. Your entire family's probably going to be like, fuck my, but all eyes are on you. Yeah, and that just became, I think, a coping strategy for other big emotions that I wasn't able to articulate or communicate to a safe place. Yes, and that happens with kids of all ages. I I have seen that in the school system with kids in grade two, right? But yes, I would say that I also had that. I think 
I also covered up my nervousness or my anxiety with appearing overly extroverted. Yes. Right? So that overcompensating of confidence. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, she is so happy. She is so bubbly. She is so confident when really on the inside, I'm like, oh God, don't you dare find out that I'm so insecure and really struggling right now kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I think that shows up a lot with humor too, right? Yes. Even laughter. Do you not see that often when people are nervous or maybe a little like insecure in a certain setting, there's like a nervous laugh that shows up as a coping thing. It's like, ha Yes. Right? And you're like, oh, okay, well, that wasn't really that funny. <laughs> Do you or, know I mean? I, and I don't know if you've heard this before, but some people will, like, laugh at a funeral. Mm-hmm. And it's because they don't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. That's their coping mechanism. And it's a totally inappropriate place, mm-hmm. but that's the strategy they have. Mm, that's exactly, honestly, when my husband gets angry, all I do is laugh. And I cannot explain <laughs> for the reason. I can't explain any other reason. He's like, why the fuck are you laughing right now? I was like, that has to be what I did to my, like, in my household. Because he's so fucking livid it's like i mean to me maybe it's because the thing he's livid about is ridiculous but regardless if it's something like totally serious or not serious i am laughing barreled over and i'm like what the (laughs) fuck is going on and i can't even control it but it's probably that same exact coping like how the fuck do you deal with anger you just laugh i don't know what the fuck else to do yes and so that comes into So why do we have those coping strategies? Obviously, it's because at a time in our life, they were effective. Mm -hmm. But a lot of one of the things that kind of shows through with that is we can filter emotions through a certain coping strategy or another emotion, for example. So males, for example, will often, it's not always males, but just as an example, this seems pretty pertinent. It's something I see frequently in what I do, but males are allowed to be angry. Mm. And so when they are anxious, when they are sad, when they are in turmoil, regardless of the emotion, it gets shut down. They get told to shut up, be quiet, like guys don't cry, whatever. Right. So as a child, they're not taught how to feel anxious or to display it. And so the only way for that emotion to come out is through a different emotion that is acceptable. Mm -hmm. And so it filters through a different one. And often, guys, it's anger or rage because that becomes an acceptable emotion in society that they are allowed to have. Girls, we have a little bit more wiggle room. Anxiety is a little more acceptable. Sadness. And often we're allowed to be a little more crazy because we have PMS. Ladies are crazy. Yeah, ladies be crazy. Right? Of course, you're emotional. Oh my god! Period, and a couple of days. Oh, you or you're pregnant, so of course you're hormonal. Yeah. Right. So there's a little more wiggle room. We, but we pay for that in a sense of we don't take get taken as seriously because we have we don't have as many filters. We're allowed to have more emotions, but the credit we pay for that in credibility. Oh, she's just on her period. Whereas, and my husband will say that be like is is there something else that might be bothering you i'm like no i'm fucking mad about this goddamn thing i'm telling you i'm fucking mad about it and he's like are you sure i'm like oh my god if you have to like try to lump this into me being a crazy girl right now 
I might kill you. <laughs> right? Right. And that drives me insane. Even though I am on my period, I'm allowed to have legit emotions, regardless of the blood that's pouring out of my body. Totally. (laughs) Come on. No, and I know that's... So you hate so many of those responses that are just so blanketed emotionally. Oh, well, uh, she's X, Y, or Z. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't agree. But yeah... What do you think you have often leaned on as a coping mechanism that helped you get through past 10 years of your life? Not as a kid. Um, A coping mechanism that I have used. I think healthy or unhealthy. I was going to say, let's do both. But I was going to say, I think you started maybe on a less healthy path, but maybe as that decade rolled on, you've now been able to come up with some healthier coping mechanisms that have maybe been more beneficial for sure I would say that socially I think social coping is a good strategy it's important though who you surround yourself with okay expand so I lived in that crazy party happy pleasure blah 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 I don't care about anything make a fool out of myself perhaps um on purpose kind of thing to because it was a distraction and that was the coping mechanism was to be distracted from what was going on so that was the friends the environment the the drinking places you were around because it fostered that correct yes and it was more of a to get away from something that was uncomfortable whatever that may be Mm, okay right and to kind of Escape. Escape and avoid that anxiety. So it was more of an avoidance coping mechanism. Okay, okay. And then I would say now I certainly have incredible friendships that are a coping strategy, but in a really healthy way. Mm. I lean on my friends in certain capacities or we have certain conversations that benefit versus distract from what's going on. I can sit and converse about a thing that is real and deep and true versus let's just go get fucking waist paled and we're going to feel like crap tomorrow and that will be us having a great time. Mm-hmm. Right? So I think spending time with friends can be a really good strategy when and what you're doing and how often can be a part of that too. So I would say that's something that I've leaned on in two capacities, one healthy, one very unhealthy. I think too, it's, I didn't realize that the friends that I was surrounding myself with maybe weren't benefiting me. They weren't making me feel better. They were just helping me distract. Whereas it's a numbing thing. Right? Yeah. Totally. Right. They might be egging me on to do something stupid mm-hmm. because I was the entertainment for them. Exactly. Right. Whereas the friendships that I have now are very true and very deep and they fulfill me. I don't walk away thinking, oh, my God, like, was I the brunt of that joke or was I the. Because you were so authentically yourself. Right. Yes. Like, from a coping mechanism when we're sitting and having those conversations, the coping is more like, here's my shit storm. <laughs> this is what I'm going Check through. Check it out. Here's the safe place. And yes. we're good. Yes. We're good. And I would say if I were to look back on the past 10 years, I think a lot of my coping before was very numbing was like 
in many ways. I mean, drugs, alcohol, but even exercise, dieting, anything that could just distract my mind Mm -hmm. as like, I don't want to feel this thing. So instead of feeling this thing, let's go find something that I can numb my brain with because my brain doesn't want to actually have to process that you're sad or you're angry or you're disappointed or you're bearing too much weight in a relationship. And so I do think with coping mechanisms, I think we need to really identify, are you choosing something to cope that's just numbing your brain, numbing your body? Or are you choosing something to cope that is putting you on the other side of it in a better place? So for example, I think a lot of times now I do need to separate myself from a situation where I'm like, hey, you know what? I do need to just go do some yoga right now or I need to put on headphones and listen to music. And I feel incredibly angry, but to articulate that for the people around me, it isn't uh, screaming at them. I'm mom needs 90 seconds of like, I need to listen to a song. I'm going to come back and then emotionally be able to articulate. And instead of going into a place of let's numb the brain for like multiple hours, I'm now able to go to a place of like, Hey, listen to a song come back to the situation, and now I'm ready to articulate. I was actually reading something that a lot of emotions, if felt versus numbed, can be quieted in two minutes or less. Yes. I feel you. You're there. You run through all of the way that that passes through your nervous system instead of reacting on it and, like, feeling as though you need to do something. You find a way to cope with it for two minutes You come back to the situation, you're back to love, you're back to whatever it is you need to do, but you felt the emotion, you felt your heart start to race, you felt your like palms start to sweat, whatever that's going to feel like. And then you can come back and say, hey, you know what, that really made me feel very angry. But you're no longer at a place of like, I think it's like fight, flight, flee. There's like, there's four F's. There's four F's. There's four F's of like fight, flight, food and fuck. Yeah. Those are the four F's of survival. Exactly. So you're no longer in that, but you need to figure out what that middle ground for me is, or for you is. So for me, it's been movement and music have been the right. two things. But both of those have needed to be like, don't go listen to music for three hours or don't go try to move your body for three hours. Go do a couple of yoga poses and listen to it or combine the two and then come back and be like, okay, I'm ready now to talk about you versus reacting right away or numbing for multiple hours and not talking about it ever. Right. And I think the big thing that I hear you saying, Ange, is does it make you feel better or worse? Mm-hmm. Does that coping strategy make the situation better or worse? Does it make you feel better or worse or is it tucked into a pocket that you never fucking talk about again too right like I think that's the biggest piece of like the numbing for a lot of us when it comes to coping is like you put it into a pocket hoping that you'll never have to open that pocket again or another and then you have to come see me and like unpack all your rapey shit because that's literally what I do is unpack emotions that get stored in the body right like that's literally what happens totally. because we know that emotions are felt within the body. It's right. why it's called a feeling. Yes. So to say that emotions and the body are not connected is crazy because anxiety is felt. Sadness is felt. It's a physiological 
thing that happens in the body. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And so what I, there's two things that I do. And one comes from also a book that I have read and it's keeping your heart open. And so heart chakra is green. The heart is, that's the color of love. It's also the color for healing. So keeping your heart open. And that comes back to what you were saying, that return to love. So if you just keep your heart open, regardless of how hard something is, keep it open, keep it open, keep it open. The other thing that I picture is myself as a net. And so when something comes up, whatever that emotion is, I'm allowed to feel it. It's allowed to be there, but it passes through Mm -hmm. versus getting stuck. Mm -hmm. Because what happens is things do get stuck in the body. If we resist something, that's when emotion gets stuck in the body. Okay. And so that's exactly what you were talking about when it's Mm -hmm. like, I take a break. I, I allow it to process. I, that two minutes of it going through my body, that nervous system is allowed to feel all of the things. And then I return to love. It's exactly that almost in reverse though, just starting with the heart open, keeping it open and being a net, Mm -hmm. allowing every single thing to just like go through Mm -hmm. instead of staying stuck. Totally. Totally. And do you think when you are working with people that we have been so conditioned that it is not okay to take two minutes away. I think we've been conditioned. I also think we don't naturally do it because ego flies in. And ego mm-hmm. wants to fight. Ego wants to win. Mm-hmm. And so stepping back is big picture. Mm-hmm. Stepping back is going, what do I truly want? I What's want to heal. Yeah. I want to heal. What's the end goal? Mm-hmm. And I want to resolve. Ego doesn't want to resolve. Mm. ego wants to beat the other person down stand on top of them and go ha ha fuck you that's ego and that's why when you step away instead of standing in that confrontation and saying all the mean things just to hurt Mm -hmm. not because they actually are things that are on your heart Mm -hmm. that's ego gotcha right and so when you take that two minutes away you you still come back and you say all of those things in a meaningful way, but you say only what you mean versus just to be an asshole and hurt that person. That's ego, Mm -hmm. right? So I think to live outside of ego means you're a very evolved person. Mm -hmm. And many people don't operate in that way. They live in ego. They do what feels good in that moment because they want to, and I deserve it and I'm justified and whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I don't think it's that we are taught. I think we aren't taught to do that, but it's also not our innate place as humans. I think we naturally sit in ego because it's easy. Mm -hmm. It's It's a hell of a lot harder to walk away when you want to scream your face off at somebody than it is to just scream your face off. Totally. Totally. Uh, I feel like that's been my biggest evolution this year has been that piece. Yes. Tell, uh, tell us. I just think like I naturally want to do two things. I either want to retreat and don't say anything for three fucking days because I'm trying to collect myself or I want to screw my face off and tell them like in those angry moments where I want to go, like my fibers to just trust my innate person I would just be like okay cool sounds like you're pretty angry or you're pretty frustrated with the situation I will go and handle all of it you can just handle your emotions over there so I 
typically go to a place of like, yeah, you pissed me like this pisses me off and I don't want to have to handle all this shit over here, but it sounds like the alternative is going to really piss you off. So let's just let you do your thing. I'll handle all the chaos over here. And I'll just like pick up the pieces and do that. Whereas I think right now and in my evolved state, I've more so been like, okay, you don't have to do all the do go take your space, come back. Let's reevaluate what that conversation should look like. But I think it's kind of in between those two places because normally I can't articulate any words. It's got like for many years, me and my husband would get in a fight and I would literally like, you'd be like, how do you feel? And I literally had nothing that could pass through my voice box. Even if I tried for like hours, nothing. Like, how do you feel? And I was like, all I could do is cry. And I wouldn't say anything. And he'd be like, what? Why can't you say anything? And I was like, I'm still collecting myself. And obviously that's from like childhood, that crap. But now I'm at a place of like, yeah, I can articulate it. Need a couple minutes. We'll get there. Uh, but my natural ability now, or my natural state now would just be like, okay, you're pissed off. Cool. I'll handle all this shit. You'd be pissed off over there. You handle your emotions. I will handle everything else. Whereas now I've just been like, oh, no, you're kind of, you're feeling pissed off too. All right. Don't react. Give space. Come back in two minutes. And that's been really helpful. So that's where I'm at. Yeah. That's, uh, yes. Okay. So moving forward, when we think about coping strategies, the good, the bad, and the ugly, what, Okay, so if we pick out, let's say you choose three and I'll choose three bad and good, maybe coping strategies that might help our listeners that we use in our day-to-day life. So for you, it's taking 90 minutes. 90 seconds. Oh, fuck. Sorry. 90 minutes would be a dream. (laughs) Oh, my God. There's times I want to do, there's times I want to do like a full song or even longer than a full song. But if it's with my kids, they can't handle, they can't handle three minutes. Right. They're really, really wrapped up. Mommy being gone for three minutes is unbelievable. 90 seconds they can handle. Come back and they're actually, okay. Right. So I would say for me, it is definitely movement and music in that way. You're really frustrated right now, buddy. And I know that like. Oh, I really want to talk about this. Mommy's just going to take 90 seconds because I think like we've talked a lot about in our family, like let's come up with some coping mechanisms or let's come up with some coping strategies that we can both do. You can pick whatever coping strategy you want, bud. I'm mom's going to pick whatever coping strategy works for me. This is mom's coping strategy. And I think my kid, well, especially my oldest is coming to realize like instead of me trying to say like, Hey, you choose breathing or you choose movement or you choose music. They can choose whatever they want. They just recognize and see me mom's really fired up right now. Instead of reacting on this, mom's going to take 90 seconds to do that. So for me, it's movement and music. And then that's my good one. I, I, do you want me to say a bad one? I don't know. We don't have to. I think the good is kind of what we're focusing on. Yeah, yeah. So I'd say that's one. But I do think in the, like, initial, it takes a lot of self-awareness when it's about, like, 
fucking put your socks on. Is oh, my God. Wants to go, like, I feel you. Holy shit. Can we just put our fucking socks on right now? I mean, just do it. <laughs> literally, put your fucking socks on. That's literally where my brain wants to go. Have you met go. Nolan? Have you met Nolan? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <sighs> he is, yeah. yeah. So it's like that deep breath that, like, okay, mom's going to take a 90 seconds. And sometimes when you come back, they're putting their fucking socks on. And even, they might even be screaming in those 90 seconds of like, Mom, I need you. I need your help to put my socks on. I'm like, Mom, no, no, hands up. No, no, you gotta wait. You gotta wait. And I just, okay, I'm gonna come back in 90 seconds. But I literally need to do that for my nervous system because if not, I'm literally screaming at them like, seriously, if you don't put your fucking socks on in the next two minutes, I am going to lose my fucking marbles. Right? And that's where I want to like, that's where I want to scream. I'm like, but if I take a, if I take a step back, I'm okay. I'm totally okay. And it's literally socks. It's so dumb. But that's where, I don't know if you have that same situation. It happened last night. That's why I'm laughing so hard because, okay, so we're going to this, we were going... Oh my gosh. So we were going out and it's hot. It's so hot. And I tell Nolan to get his shoes on and he's like, Oh, I'm going to wear my Spider-Man shoes. They're running shoes. I'm like, cool. But you need to wear socks because your feet will sweat. You'll get blisters, whatever. So he puts on his socks. He puts his shoes on. He goes, Nope, my feet are going to be too hot. I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't, okay, figure it out. He's like, I'm going to wear my sandals. I'm like, great. Takes off his socks, takes off his shoes, puts on his sandals these hurt my pinky toes. I'm going to have sore feet if I wear these. I'm like, and at this point we're 10 minutes past where I think we should be leaving. I'm like, so my coping strategy at this point is to literally go into my room, lock both of the doors and take a breath. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, figure it out. Gotta go. I will be out. And then we're leaving. And he did. I came out. Both of his socks are inside out because he had to peel them off of his feet and then he put them back on his feet. So they're inside out awesome. and he's wearing his sandals. <laughs> Amazing. I do not care. That's a hybrid. That's a hybrid model. It's a hundred percent. I was like, that's a really Nolan, good problem. Amazing. Amazing, Nolan. You have figured out your hybrid model and you are amazing. <laughs> but I had to, so for me, that moment was... And I have to, and for all you moms out there who have to do this, I salute you. I have to go in and lock my bedroom door. And we have one that comes in off the deck and the kids know Coralie knows she's too. She will go through, she will go out on the deck through a different door and come into my bedroom from that door. I'm like, damn it. I thought I had this. No, I have to lock both doors and I just go into my bathroom collect myself and I'm like okay pause and breathe pause and breathe pause and breathe and whatever needs to come of it will will be so I take space and I take a breath so it's probably similar to your 90 seconds but I take space and I take a breath would be one of my coping strategies another one if I have a chunk of time is journaling I feel like I haven't journaled in a long time and I should I used to journal a ton when Cam and I were first dating. That would be like my like go-to pissed off thing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. I'm like, oh, when I look back, I, look, I sounded really mad all the time because I didn't journal when I was happy. I just journal when I was mad. Um, so those would be two really, really big ones. The other thing that I do is compartmentalize. So if something is happening... And we've talked a little bit about this, but the pause button where it's basically just like there's a thing that is big and we both need to talk about this and it's really freaking huge, but now is not the time. Yeah. So we basically compartmentalize it. We 
set it off to the side. Life carries on as it should or as it would. And we're coming back to this. And it actually allows us both the time to cool down because there will be things that the ego wants to just like, fuck you. I hate everything about you that wants to come out that would come out in that conversation if it were immediate. Whereas later we're able to talk about the actual components that were difficult and we need change or whatever. So those would be my three, I guess. And you know my three so, positive. I don't, just you know FYI, we don't always operate in these. There's a few other ones that probably do show up that we are not perfect. And oh God, there's man. a lot of flaws and there's a lot of effort and a lot of trying and a lot of failure that goes into all of this. And so that's just real life, guys. So if, if you're like, oh, my God, you girls must have the best relationships ever and you've got it all together. You're figured it out. No, there's a lot of. Mm-hmm. Um, messy I was literally I yelled at Kim last night in the fucking driveway in front of Felix because I am horrible with directions horrible and so Cam was trying to explain where a thing was that's in the town we live in that I have been to a million times and I was like cool we'll find it and he's like how can I be more clear I'm like so I got mad because he was yelling at me. I was just like, don't yell at me. I said, well, fine. And I didn't ask you to be more clear. And he's just like, fine. And he was leaving for band. And I was like, fine. I'm like, oh, we'll see you later. And we just like compartmentalized. And the thing that we were going to do after was totally fine. But I'm like, oh, we're going to have to talk about this. But I, we did. We totally just yelled at each other in the driveway over nothing in front of our six-year-old because we're not perfect and sometimes we're tired. (laughs) Totally, totally. And I think even in what you're saying though, Ashley, is as you are escaping it and you're like, oh, I can, like, we can talk about that later. I think a lot of people, you need both parties, whether that's in a relationship that's like, yeah, you're my husband or my wife. It takes a lot for both people on both sides to be okay, which we'll talk about that later. Yeah. It is so hard for both. I mean, I think I, I feel really good about doing it. You obviously, you and your husband are totally good with it. But I think so often what happens is people are like, yeah, we'll talk about that later. But I think it is so hard for a human, male, female, to just be like, yeah, we'll talk about that later when they're so revved up and I think that is a very amazing conversation to have with your partner and say hey we need to be able to do the pause yes and if you can't do the pause I will initiate the pause because I'm going to leave or create the I pause will disengage I will disengage and step away and be away from it and then come back and that is a very evolved and that place was- to be yes but I do think for everybody in a relationship in any capacity to recognize that as those emotions are showing up often those emotions aren't serving you in a way that's going to be beneficial for the relationship unless you can articulate it can you articulate it? like i'm feeling very angry right now because of x y and z and not go to an ego place exactly ego and defense right in those first couple of minutes are like Fuck you, bud. You just pulled out the fucking shotgun. I'm here. Guns are blazing. And that's, I think, the biggest, the most challenging piece is to pause. And actually, it's something I was never very good at. And we've talked about this before in a previous podcast. But 
I do really good by flying by the seat of my pants. And so if we're in a fight, I can win. I know I could win. Whereas Cam, he would disengage. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, I want to fight. I want to go. Because I, uh, right? Like, my ego is just like, yes, and let's go. Yeah. Fuel this fire, baby. Mm-hmm. Right? But he would disengage. So I have learned from his behavior that that is actually, there are times when I would be so mad and he would just disengage and go to sleep. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to kill you in the morning. And I'd wake up in the morning. And I'm like, totally fine. Oh, I'm not mad at all. Right. Right. I'm like, you wake up the next day, you're like, literally, why was I so mad? Yes. So mad. I was so mad last night. But then you look at it in the big picture, it's like, literally, did that matter? Yes. And even there will be times when I would go to bed and I'd be like, I'm going to be so mad tomorrow. And I'm planning to be mad because you can't (laughs) plan to be mad or sad. I would try to. You're like, I'm going to try to articulate. Lots of anger right yes. now. It's like, oh, well, you're kind of just looking sexy over there. <laughs> I just want to touch you. So sorry, I'm not angry right now. Right? That's where my brain would go. <laughs> yeah, because Anne's just a horn dog. I am a horn dog, yeah. Oh, right. my gosh. Guys, I know, I know. I can't help myself. I could literally fuck right now, but there's nobody to <laughs> Sorry, girl. Oh, We're here to I know, I know. We're on another train. I yeah. can't help myself, but I'm going to ovulate it. in the next three and a half days. So, so your body's calling for it. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Anyways, right. here we are with the TMI. But no, so I... But that's my coping mechanism, masturbation. <laughs> hey, that is... That's one of the positives, not the negative ones. That's a yeah, positive one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, come on. Yeah. No, it's a good one. It is a really good one. Or don't you actually think it's a banging it out situation sometimes? The anger bang? Yeah, kind of. I guess okay. you guys call it, call it... I never called it an anger bang. No? I just have always said bang it out. Let's bang it out. There's some tension here. Let's bang it out. I like it. It's good. I do notice that there are points in our relationship where I'm like, if if we haven't had sex in a while, I'm like, Ugh. we're just like on edge because we haven't had sex in a while. Mm. Where it's just like, oh, you're irritated with me. And that's actually probably where we're at right now, where I'm like yelling at him in the laneway about nothing and he's just yelling back. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, we probably just need to bang it out because we're just on edge we're irritated with each other we're frustrated mm-hmm. sexually probably probably <laughs> but yeah but it so. comes out in a different way oh, interesting mm-hmm. mm. but i do think one of the things that we've talked about is obviously taking space mm-hmm. is huge but also unless it's not important unless you literally wake up and you're like huh that was nothing move on then but if it still niggles at you if it's still there if it's something that does bother you to do come back to it mm-hmm. instead of totally. sweeping it under the rug. Because I think that's something that our parents' generation totally. is notorious for. That yes. it'd be like, I'm going to let you give me the silent treatment. I'm going to let you ignore me. And then we'll have this like funny little joke. Ha ha ha. And we're back to good. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think that humor piece kind of ties in where it's like, mm-hmm. if I make you laugh. And that was a rule. Oh my gosh. Not a rule. But something that Cam and I used to say like... If you laugh, you're done being mad. Oh, that's <laughs> interesting. But it, but it goes to that coping mechanism where it was like, we would do, it was like, we'd be trying to be mad at each other for a day or like, I don't know. And then not trying to, but there would be something there. Mm-hmm. And as soon as somebody made you laugh, you're like, okay, hey, you can't be mad no more. Like you just laughed. And so it was this way of mm-hmm. laughter. It's almost like it's the opposite. Mm-hmm. 
right? And so yes. some of the things that I have done with clients who are really struggling with um, that filtering of only through anger, mm-hmm. because that seems to be the only avenue that emotions, regardless of what they are, seem to come through, mm-hmm. is to flip it. And so basically what you do, because we know, well, some people know, and this is just brain anatomy stuff, but really neuroscience, I guess is the right word, brain anatomy stuff. That sounds super professional. No, neuroscience tells us that synapses, there are connections in the brain that when they are made, it basically creates a pathway Mm -hmm. and pathways are how we learn things. And so There are, if you think of, let's say you think of a park and this park has different trails. Some trails are like, they get used all the time. And so it's really like worn. It's really got like that rutted people like use that all the time. And then there's these other paths that are kind of a little bit overgrown and maybe there's the odd person who walks down there. And so the pathways that are rutted and used all the time are our go-tos. Mm-hmm. Right. And so those other ones are basically different pathways that we need to start using more, but it takes more effort because it would just be easier to go down the well-beaten path. It takes a lot more effort to go down this other path that we don't use very often. Mm -hmm. Right. And so what I do with clients who really are struggling with that anger piece or any type of emotion that that's their only filtration, that they just only ever use that path is to take a totally different path and one they've maybe even never used or maybe creating a pathway. Well, it's maybe not creative, but it's pretty overgrown. But basically it's the joy path or the pleasure path. And that is when something drives you crazy and this is something that you do, which I'm like, oh, we didn't talk about this obviously, but the way that it's feeding into it is perfect, is to laugh. You take something that is so irritating, so fucking maddening, And you laugh. So instead of being mad, instead of going to that anger, yelling, furious place, it just becomes hilarious. And so you're taking something and you're basically using... Congrats, you will never believe what the fuck happened to my world today. Oh my God, right? This is, yeah, this is Angie's life, guys. Totally. This is the best. But you take something Mm -hmm. and you use the opposite emotion. So if you're somebody who struggles with certain emotions, thinking about, so that, that coping strategy is often like, Whatever it is. So if it's anger, it might be yelling. If it's frustration, it might be slamming doors. It might, whatever. You take that emotion and you flip it on its head. You do the opposite. Mm -hmm. So when you want to punch your partner in the face, you go give them a giant fucking hug. And this is what like, oh my gosh, now I think about it. I was like, this is like teenager 101. So if you're parenting a teenager, right? When it's like, I'm really so angry at you, but really all I want is a hug. It's like... Doing the opposite because the whole point is that you're training the brain to do something that is not its normal. Mm -hmm. And so that even if when you get into those situations and you start doing 50-50, there might be other pathways that start to get created. You might be able to actually display anxiety the way anxiety is meant to be displayed. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. You might be able to articulate it. You might be able to share it versus just always going down that same path. So by creating a secondary path, we're actually opening up the doors to create more and more and more pathways. Totally. And I think it's also just being open 
to that. Like, I know you recognize and see that in my life all the time where I'm like, <laughs> shit, you could, I could be really frustrated in a lot of those moments, but to me, I'm like, just another day in my life. And I'm like, it's okay. So I think for some people, if that is your natural tendency to like have those situations that are always popping up for you, for me, I'm like, okay, universe, you're funny, but this is my opportunity to either see that the university or the universe saying you need to learn this lesson. Mm -hmm. Or it's like, I actually think it's the universe reminding me like, Hey, have more fun. Yes. Laugh at yourself more. Don't be so fucking serious and structured. Because I feel like I'm like this funny blend of that, of like serious, yeah. structured person, but also have all these like funny little quirks that happen in my week where it's like, forgot your shoes here. Going to the accountants, forgot your right? shoes. Like, yeah. all those things happen. And I'm like, it's a beautiful blend versus feeling as though that's really frustrating. So I think a lot of people in their world have those opportunities to view something differently from a different perspective, but they really struggle to see it that way. Yes. And I think the universe does an amazing job of like, Hey, here's your opportunity. Yes, Will totally. you still be serious and structured or I'm gonna keep providing more opportunities. are you going to like, yes. right. And so as it's happening, I just sit back and laugh and I'm good with it. Right. And I yes. think a lot of people really struggle in those opportunities for growth, right? So. Yes. And this, that's something that I actually started, I don't know why university was when I started doing this, but um, I do it, and it's probably a coping strategy, but I remove myself, and I think about the situation happening as if it were somebody else. Hilarious. And all of a sudden, this thing becomes hilarious. So when I, like trip on the sidewalk and I scrape my knee and I'm literally laying on my face and my shoes are off and I'm thinking like if I was watching this the person driving by like oh shit that girl just like she just like totally spread it right so I do I think of myself like from a removed capacity of just like if this wasn't me would it be funny and I'm like oh yeah this would be so funny and I think that makes like I don't know. It allows that humor piece of not taking ourselves so seriously because life is really actually mostly funny. And most things just aren't serious. Like yeah. my, I don't know if you, if Corey's at this stage, but my youngest son, we're in the middle of summer and I wear a lot of bathing suits all the time. My youngest son thinks it's the funniest thing to literally pull my nipples out of the <laughs> my entire boobs out and so in our past couple weeks because we've been on holidays I'm like holy shit you think this is the best I thought it was just like a one-off right it's like no he thinks it's the funniest thing ever to just whip him out and show him like okay you can tell him like oh it's all they don't but it's also just super funny it's so funny but then I'm also thinking like kids they're like at that age, they're like, yeah, I used to suck on your boobs. This makes total sense. This is funny, right? And they don't have any shame around it. Where it's no. like, well, mommy keeps her boobs secret around people that aren't her family. It's totally. Like, Why shouldn't you? Ha, I know. These fun bags need to be flapped. <laughs> totally. Totally. And so I, I guess, I mean, we talk about it a lot, but I think just people need to, in those situations, instead of being like, child stop this is like whatever embarrassing xyz it's kind of like 
oh, this is really <laughs> funny. It's really funny. One thousand percent. Yeah. And I think I come back to this so often, but I, our kids haven't figured out. They, do. they have no shame. They just like, I don't know. They're so connected in a way that we are removed from. And so Sully just doing the do. He has no, he just, this is one of mom's great parts of her body. And I don't care who sees it. Totally. Totally. But. Yeah. Anyways, so, yeah. I good guess. job talking about your boobs. I think we should end on the, the booby chat here. Oh. You can all picture Anne's, Angie's boobs and we'll end. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we change the graphic for this episode. Just put my boobs out. Yeah, let's color do it. it. Hey, if you do a handstand. Oh, my God, guys. Okay, so actually, actually, I've done handstands completely naked. I don't know if we can make the thing, but I've done it in the bathroom, like, waiting for the water to pour. Oh, my God. And like... Oh, this is funny. This is funny. You're probably going to send this to nobody, but as is happening, it's This awesome. needs to be... Okay, so we are out on the town. We did our Teesville weekend here at Angie's house um, back good in the time. summer there. Good times, good times. And Angie's wearing a dress, no bra, no underwear. Shocker. None of us were. P.S. It's not, it's not just her. Anyways, we're talking. We're a little tipsy, and she's like, yeah, I can do a handstand. I'm like, do one right here. She's like, right now? In this dress, I'm like, I'll catch you. She's like, are you sure? I'm like, I'm pretty sure. Anyways, up she goes. She's like, my boobs are out. I'm like, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Anyways, it's yeah, so the boobs out is that, the, that was the best. That was so good, honestly. So, uh, Wasn't that after the bar, too? Like, trying to grab the cab? That was after the, like... Um, before the bar. Oh, okay. After dinner. After dinner, and we went to McCabe's. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. The in-between bar. Yeah, the in-between bar. Yeah, yeah. We weren't clubbing at that point yet. (laughs) Good times, good times. I mean, if anybody listens to the podcast, they probably know I'm crazy bitch, but... Anyways, now you know for sure. All right, well, you love you guys. Yeah, we we love you too. (laughs) All right, guys. We will catch you on next week's episode. We can't wait. It's always a riot. Laughs, cries, tears, the good stuff. This is us.